0: Hello, world singers. My name is Tyler. And my name is Brooke. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Conversations. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with part four epigraphs and our breakdown part
1: four epigraphs
0: we have so far been reviewing all of the different epigraphs you can go back you can find it you can comment on it and let us know what you think about the epigraphs we're everywhere twitter facebook
1: we got youtube we got patreon we got an email address
0: find us everywhere let us know your thoughts because the epigraphs from part four are one of the more confusing. And I think because part four is like the beginning of the Sander's avalanche, you can kind of get lost with the epigraphs. They don't necessarily make a lot of sense uh, until you have the bigger picture of the whole story. And that is always like the most fascinating ones. Those are the ones that we need to return to.
1: Yeah, they are very interesting. Part four epigraphs are excerpts from Calac's journal, The Herald Calac, who we see quite a bit of in this book. Super interesting.
0: Yeah, the Heralds went from being like, can you spot them? Where's Waldo type of situation in Stormlight Archive to now we have epigraphs written by them. We have them talking and interacting with our main characters. We have them as key plot points. Well, and we know
1: that the second half of the Stormlight Archive, six through 10 is going to be focused on the heralds
0: and who the heck like knows who knows what that means exactly yeah. <laughs> it could be a replacement of heralds maybe some heralds stand up and like reachieve their greatness and some need to be like we got to get this dude out of here they cray cray
1: it will be very interesting for the moment let's do a little bit of just like background reminders about clack and Kalak is his OG original name. He is one of, I think, three heralds whose original names were already uh, symmetrical. And then due to a linguistic vowel shift that happened uh, in the language somewhere over the course of the last thousands of years, uh, his name currently in Voronism is Kelak. Um, so either one is correct, whatever floats your boat, if you like the A or the E. Um, but always make sure it's symmetrical, of course. Be a good Vorin. Got to. Got to. <laughs> uh, Kalak is known as the patron of the Order of Will Shapers. so Venli's order. Interesting.
0: We also know him by many other names, like most of our characters. They have more than one name, but... Shallan is tasked with hunting down a man named Ristarys. How would you say that?
1: I say it Ristaris, but good. I know in the audiobooks, they say something different. I think it's Ristaris.
0: So let's go with Risteris here and we can let the audiobook do its audiobook things. Now, we will come to learn, obviously, that Kalek is Ristaris, but Shallan doesn't know that for a long time going into it. Kalek is, though, the historical head organizer. I don't know how much organizing he's doing nowadays, but he was the inspiration and original head of the Sons of Honor.
1: Yeah, and we actually hear the name Risteris way back in like Words of Radiance, I think. Amaram mentions Risteris again in conjunction with the sons of honor and like reporting to him or something like that so at least as recently as words of radiance he's somehow involved in the sons of honor
0: but he has a problem magical malady as it has been of course nicknamed but all of our heralds are in a weakened position because of their years of physical and psychological torture for Brandon has said in a word of Brandon that he wants these things that the heralds are dealing with to specifically be magical unlike post-traumatic stress disorder or alcoholism or any of the other things that his main human characters are dealing with uh the Heralds are specifically dealing with something that is magical. And I feel like it would make him a not great head of any type of organization. (laughs) So maybe that explains the end of the Sons of Honor. Because what's he dealing with?
1: His magical malady is that he is pathologically incapable of making decisions. And he also seems to have really intense uh, anxiety Particularly when he is around other humans, but we see in Rhythm of War uh, a really extreme version of this, like when a lot of commotion starts happening, he completely breaks down, can't handle it, like curls into a tiny ball. But even if we go all the way back to the prologue of uh, Way of Kings, when he's like, you know, walking around the palace and stuff, he always kind of has that really nervous, anxious,
0: jittery energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like he's a little bit um, agoraphobic, uh, doesn't really like being around humans or in large spaces. He really just wants to like be alone and by himself.
0: And because of this, he has sought refuge at lasting integrity the home of the honor spren inside the cognitive realm so literally on rishar because he's bound there and that's another problem he has but on Rashar, he's getting as far away as possible from humans a into the cognitive realm and then to the home of the honor spren who now no longer like humans <laughs> like the least likely place that he's going to run into big crowds and of course that's where our characters hunt him down to
1: yeah, Kalak, gosh, I just find his character so interesting. It's interesting in that and we've talked in the past about how all of the Herald's magical maladies seem to be like an inversion mm-hmm. of uh, like something they're known for or the the their defining characteristic I mean, has of, been inverted.
0: Yeah, the name of his order, the will shapers to shape the will. Of others you have to be capable of shaping the will of yourself and
1: and one of in voranism one of his like divine attributes that's associated with him is resolute meaning like you are determined and unwavering and like you're you know steadfast which is the opposite of what kalak is now
0: he is manifesting all of these both personal failings collective failings and now the magical Maladies in a very fatalistic and pessimistic mindset He basically thinks that the war for Rashar is over and he wants to just get away literally to leave the system and that is one of the reasons that he's Gone out of his way to like create the sons of honor or to be directing the sons of honor is I think he's hoping that someone can find a way that would allow him to leave the Rasharian system. Of course, that's exactly the opposite of what Thidakar wants. He wants to get into the system, but in the yeah, same he way wants to leave his own. Yeah, his yeah.
1: own system. So very What linked. I think is really interesting is like, I think in Kalak we can really see the guilt of mm. what the Heralds did. I totally forgot that Kalek is the first herald that we see in way of kings coming off of the battlefield he's like the last one to leave the battlefield and go back to the meeting place where all the swords are stuck in the dirt so like he kind of has the opportunity at that point right, to say, wait, 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 what are you talking about? How did you guys decide this? No, 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 we can't do this. You know, he wasn't a part of the group deciding. So he kind of had this external judge-like role there. Yeah,
0: stamp of approval was basically given to him. kind of. And he did the stamping uh, and now maybe has to Deal and with he, the yeah, he
1: was like the, you know, the last piece yeah. of the puzzle that that gave his stamp of approval and said, okay, let's do this. And so I think that he, in a way, like uniquely feels guilty for that. And that is like the seed of why he is so pessimistic about humanity, because the heralds were supposed to be the best of humanity that were elevated to this position and obviously they failed and so in his mind like if the best of us couldn't even you know be good then there's no hope for any other humans
0: yeah but you just gotta keep trying Kalak. like he forgot to watch the good place after his (laughs) he has certainly forgotten
1: his ideals because at this point he's like death before life yeah
0: (laughs) He's like, escape first, if that's not possible, death. Yeah, death.
1: which is also interesting, because you would think, like, if he was feeling so guilty about the fact that he abandoned humanity the first time, that, like, maybe he wouldn't be trying to abandon the whole system now. But I feel like he's really just thrown in the towel.
0: I think that does have to play into the the concept of the magical malady, though, where his greatest failure is then being, like, relived and yeah. re-experienced now in everything, where he can't make any type of decision because the last time he made Mm, a major decision it was you know it was not a great one
1: so he like doesn't trust his judgment anymore
0: exactly and so it's like the just it's eating away at him in exactly the right type of way to make him as weak as possible and of course if you're if we are to assume that the magical malady is so Defined by Brandon for a specific reason, mm-hmm. it may be because it is like something that is being done to them in a way by their torturers.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, I think that there is like a really, really specific thing yeah. that's happening with these magical maladies that is causing like i said the sort of defining characteristic of the herald to be flipped or corrupted in some way so that it really is like that specific thing and there's something targeting that specific thing
0: yeah it's almost like the years and years and decades centuries millennia of torture you could imagine that at a certain point, the uh, the torturers would get a little bored of their work and would maybe like offload that to some cool fabrial that they developed. <laughs> and it was just like always attacking. It was like always on pressure. I don't actually think there's a torture fabrial, but it does seem like even there's a specific like thing.
1: Specifically related to torture. Like, yes, they were tortured, but I think their magical maladies are related to something else.
0: Yeah, they're... I know I've seen a couple of people theorizing that like their power in part is tied up to the their nature as like a cognitive shadow, a type two invested entity. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps by, you know, only kind of having a avenue or one or two avenues to like express your power, then it can easily just be rebounded back onto you so mm-hmm. it's basically like their own power is being yeah. directed back at them hmm. and you could definitely imagine like some type of instead of a Fabrial torture device it's just like we held up a mirror to your power maybe that comes in the form of like anti-void light or something like that um but just i know other people have been theorizing about the why these specific yeah injuries for our heralds at this time
1: and the cool thing about Collects uh, journal is that it does sort of shed some light on what it is to be a cognitive shadow and like what it is to be a herald now.
0: So let's talk about the journal specifically. We believe that it was maybe written during Adolin's trial or shortly thereafter Adolin's trial.
1: It kind of seems like it.
0: Um, There are scenes when Adolin is like looking over at Collect to like check on him and he's just kind of scribbling away often. And so I think that could be it. It may, the timeline might get a little fuzzy. Some parts of it may be written then, maybe a little bit after because he just, he dumps a lot of both Cosmere knowledge, but also like personal Mm -hmm. um, reflections and thoughts. And so we're going to go into this by picking out many of our favorite and most important quotes and then talking about them. We're not going to do a straight read through this time. So let's start us off with his own beginning quote, uh, which is so sad and just like sets the tone of, oh, this this is a bummer one. He says, quote, I am a barren tree of a human being. I am the hollow that once was a mighty peak, end quote. So if that wasn't enough to bring it down, uh, let's just remind ourselves that we've heard things like this in the Cosmere before, specifically with our kind of weird quasi-cognitive shadow characters where they've been through so much that they have basically lost the connection... To what they once were.
1: Yeah, I think the the next part of this, to me, like really paints a picture of what it's like to be a cognitive shadow. Quote, I am a blur, a smear on the page, a gaunt stretch of ink made all the more insubstantial with each passing day, end quote. And I think that this also kind of illustrates what happens with the Honor Sprin and Shalon at Lasting Integrity where she's like asking around about any humans that might be there and they specifically don't tell her about Kalak Um, and their like justification for this when she confronts them and she's like you lied to me you didn't tell me they're like well he's not really a human he's really more of a spren so you know that that makes it okay Um, and I think this is just like a good backup of that justification of like he really isn't human anymore
0: and we have talked about this a bunch obviously with our characters like vasher fidekar Kelsier, and we mentioned multiple times that the heralds are the rasharian version of the return that we see on nalthus and that there are probably you know
1: do we know that for sure
0: well we know that the heralds have been compared to Vasher, and Vasher is yeah a i guess
1: that's true so
0: i was just doing like a transitive property yeah move. the way that i think of it is there are probably only a couple of ways of pulling off this trick uh based on the limits of the cognitive physical and spiritual realms and endowment on her planet figured out the method of Of returned and honor cultivation odium figured out this method of creating the heralds uh i believe that there's a very close tie vasher calls himself Mm -hmm. a type two invested entity we would assume that that is also what the heralds are like or similar to Mm -hmm. and all of this is just backing it up his own words the words of the honor spren everything that we know kind of seems to be backing up the heralds are like returned kept alive for way too long kept with their memories yes and he collect specifically talks about that uh in the next couple of sentences but first he mentions yezerin and gives us uh some key tidbits from that like thing that was hanging up there after moash kills him in the last book so quote the singers first put Yezrian into a gemstone. They think they are clever, discovering they can trap us in those. It only took them 7,000 years, End quote. Now, we know that Moash with that knife captured, Yezrian killed, and all the different uh, heralds felt that simultaneously.
1: Yeah, I think it's great that this quote specifically says They put Yezrian into a gemstone, because if you just read that the first time in Oathbringer, like, maybe you get that, but, you know, you're kind of shocked by the fact that Yezrian was just killed, and, like, what you see is him being stabbed with a dagger. So, you know, there's something that's kind of like, well... It's just a magical dagger and now he's dead. So I really like that this specifically says, you know, and now from all the science that we see in Rhythm of War, we know exactly what happened. the metal conducted his investiture slash spirit into the gemstone in the hilt of the dagger.
0: We also know that this is the goal of Marese slash Thidakar and the goal that they task Shalon with accomplishing is to do the same thing to Kalak. And he references that and recognizes that his end is coming. Uh, once they killed Yezrian, he realized like, oh, the secret is out. Eventually, you'll be coming for me too. And this is basically his, not suicide note, but like his last will and testament. Kind of, like, yeah. He knows he's going out and he can't fight it in any way. And... probably suspects that all of this craziness going on around him is like part of the danger or risk
1: this is another piece of evidence too for how the heralds are closer to being spren than human because as we know spren like bottom Mishram and the thrill can be captured inside of a gemstone
0: yes and probably his last lines of this letter doubly reinforce that which we will get to but all of the spren cognitive shadows type 2 invested entities all seem to be able to be captured in some way be contained depending on the the gemstone uh, theoretically exactly so it's like a interesting aspect of the stormlight archive that is like underlying this is the whole point this is what the whole story is about is like what is the relationship between all of these things and then brandon is basically introducing these concepts of like if you can capture these things with a gemstone how can that gemstone be used what does it mean to be capturing something soul if that thing is big or small or powerful or not powerful it's well, like all there
1: yeah and then in the case of the heralds it is slightly different as Kalak goes on to say. We'll just skip a little bit to stay in the same theme here. Quote, "'Yes, die. If you're reading this and wondering what went wrong, why my soul evaporated soon after being claimed by the gemstone and your knife, then I name you idiot for playing with powers you only presume to understand.' Capture one of us with your knives, and you won't be left with a spren in a jar, foolish ones. You'll be left with a being that eventually fades away into the beyond. End quote.
0: Now we know the beyond is something that Kelsier in Mistborn's Secret History has dealt with and had conversations with preservation. Like, what is this? And where are the characters that he sees, including Finn and Ellen, even the Lord Ruler, all choose to go to the beyond? That's the thing that seems to exist like after the Cosmere. Uh, yeah.
1: It's a spiritual realm.
0: Yes. And just like completely, you know, reabsorbed back into the universe. All energy existing as one type of thing. But the concept that we see here introduced by Kalak is that the heralds are not going to stay inside of a gemstone for long because yeah. they are connected capital c connection
1: oh do you think that's why
0: oh yeah absolutely without the connection as this next line says quote the bond is what keeps us alive you sever that and we will slowly decompose into ordinary souls end quote so my concept and my reading of this is that the thing that was done to the heralds in the oath backed Mm -hmm. and forming that capital c connection is actually what is keeping them around. Mm-hmm. And that is why the, you know, the torture swings on. If one of them break, all of them break. Right. Because they are all one thing. And so yeah. I so... see this as Yezerin is like a finger that gets chopped off the hole. And the hole is relatively fine. It feels the pain. But like the finger's is not going to grow into something else or not going to be something else, it is just the scraps the leftover and that is what yes body is going to return to and does return to in this so it's like his physical realm fades the magical connection that was tying so he just goes back to a regular cognitive shadow and loses all type of power influence and then goes to the beyond
1: yeah, I mean, I think even more than that, like, I wonder if he would even be a cognitive shadow anymore once isolated from the Oath Pact, or if he, like it says here, just goes back to being an ordinary soul that then just goes to the beyond like it normally would.
0: I guess you have that question and that difference between Skadriel, where everyone seemed to approach fuzz he said that was like one of his duties was to talk to everyone as they transitioned mm-hmm. and so maybe on Rashar, it doesn't quite work that way where everyone is like quote unquote a cognitive yeah, shadow who like stops in the cognitive yeah I mean going I guess the, that's
1: the question is like what exactly is a cognitive shadow?
0: <laughs> these are the deep things but I think that just the concept of like his cognitive shadow all of the Herald's cognitive shadows were stapled back onto a physical body
1: because I think if I'm remembering correctly, the like actual description of a cognitive shadow from Brandon specifically has to do with a uh, soul being steeped in investiture. So if it's just like literally a plain old soul, it's not automatically a cognitive shadow, it's just a soul if... Like uh, like at the end of Rhythm of War, when Eshenai dies, she dies invested mm-hmm. specifically. And so she's able to persist for some amount of time after her death. She does eventually go to the beyond. But I think it has to be that kind of thing where you are somewhat heavily invested at the time of your death in order to even become a cognitive shadow.
0: I think that you're right. And it's just like uh, we're like kind of splitting hairs because we're talking about different planets, because I think on. But
1: I think that's what I'm saying. I think it is consistent across. I don't think any soul who dies on Scadriel can just is automatically a cognitive shadow until they go to the beyond. I think they're just a soul.
0: But those souls all stop in the cognitive realm to talk to Fuzz.
1: Yeah, for like one sec to be like, hey, man, thanks, peace.
0: So that's what I'm saying is like everyone has a cognitive shadow because that is what makes you part of each of the realms.
1: Uh, I disagree, but that's not what this episode is about.
0: (laughs) It's a fun disagreement, though, because I think this is like the key part is we're trying to discuss and figure out what exactly is the difference between Harold's spren returned Radiance, dead blades, Spren blades, like all of these things are connected. And the way that it's unfolding, I think the debate is important, basically, because I think that's what Brandon wants us to do, because he's like feeding us well, these little bits piece by piece.
1: Then, from what we know in this book, at least from what we hear from Vasher, Spren are a type one invested entity because they are literally only pieces of investiture. That have gained sentience they are pure investiture so the difference between them and a cognitive shadow is that a cognitive shadow is investiture inside of a soul
0: but it is the so i think what we are like differencing on here is just the difference between a soul and whatever pieces of the cognitive realm are necessary to make up a soul And a cognitive shadow specifically. Because what you mentioned about Eshenai is really the key. Eshenai is an example of something that's unusual that does not happen with everyone's death. She's like surprising the Stormfather a little bit when he's like, oh, you died heavily invested. I will give you this one last chance to like go explore and check out all Rishar. And she soars above and that's like her end. And then she fades. That is not normal at all. I think on Skadriel specifically because everything was made by preservation and ruin, and there's that weird thing where souls and metal are seen as the same thing in the cognitive realm. I think that it's possible that on different planets, there is a different connection for just the base human. Like, on Nalthus, where everyone has a breath, I would also suspect that there's like, you're already a little invested. So you're just yeah, base Yeah, but a humanness.
1: little, yeah, yeah. not yeah. a lot.
0: Exactly. I'm not yeah. saying that they are cognitive shadows if we want to use that phrase specifically to talk about something like Kelsier yeah. or like Eshenai. A herald. Or a herald or an awakener, or excuse me, a returned. I think that just the base thing that all people entities across the cosmere have is like a soul and we know that that is connected through the cognitive spiritual and physical realms and that can be different on different planets that's all i'm saying is that like we don't know what that level of balance is on different planets with the
1: yeah i see what you're saying i just think that it is the same
0: this is interesting too because going backwards in the journal just a little bit Kalax says, quote, once told me, told me that we could use investiture to enhance our minds, our memories, so we wouldn't forget so much, end quote. And I think this is a direct tie in, lead up, foreshadowing about what we see in the epilogue with yes, Hoyd and agree. his memory manipulation at the hands of Terravodium.
1: Yeah. And we also know that uh vasher knows something about this and and, yeah uses this which we see in warbreaker a fact that i did not
0: you never catch like the first recognize
1: yeah Yeah, until this last reread which was like the third or fourth time i read warbreaker
0: that i think is another important piece of this puzzle which is the hoy bit and the question of like what is he how close to a herald is hoyd how close mm. to a return is Hoyd?
1: Yeah. How, what is Hoyd exactly is yeah. a great question. Is Hoyd
0: more like a spren? Or is he more like a type two invested entity? Or is he another thing entirely? Yeah. Because I mean, I he's think, just held a dawn shard. Yeah. He's like, like
1: a combination of things. He's like a cognitive shadow sliver spread
0: human. <laughs> the only question I have is I don't think that Hoy has died. I could be wrong about this. But like yeah. the key aspect of a returned is that you died and then returned. Yeah. We didn't necessarily see the Heralds experience that, but I feel like it did happen to them. And that's yeah, kind of I like think the same that, process. Like,
1: a big question. I'm interested in, again, like learning more about how exactly the Heralds came to be Heralds. Yeah. I think that's a big question.
0: And so if Hoyd has never died, then I actually don't think that he is comparable to a Kelsier or Returned or Herald.
1: But I think like similar to a being like that, Hoyd is a soul that is so heavily invested that he could be something like them. You know, he's persisted for potentially millennia.
0: Yes, but has he? My query is does he do that by some type of life extension? non-aging a la the lord ruler some yes type because of he like that. has
1: so much investiture he has probably thousands of breaths he's collected like every investiture from every planet that's a lot of investiture in one
0: soul but i think originally he didn't have all of those things right and he had to there had to be some point when he figured out a way to extend his life he either did that by we'll go, say just generally going the returned route dying and then returning back and then yes then you're saying it's just about like maintaining your investiture but i think there's also the possibility that if he picked up a dawn shard during his regular life that might have given him some knowledge about you know just normally extending his life not normally but also not (laughs) like um the way that we're talking about with harold i
1: mean or just like by virtue of being a dawn shard you automatically get Either longer life or like infinite life.
0: I could see discovery of a method to extend his life, a little yeah. like investiture loophole that he is basically just like tapping into it and it's helping, you know, fountain of youth, a la type of thing. But I think that would be better for Hoyd, basically. The more the less separations there are between what you were, you know, at birth, the better. I don't think that I think the Heralds are in a worse place. I think Vasher is either at the same place they are or like going to be in the same place that they are.
1: Oh, I mean, Vasher seems like he's doing a lot better
0: because he's so young. I think because he's so young and because he hasn't been like tortured for thousands of years.
1: Mm, Fair enough. But
0: like, I
1: I think (laughs) the absence of thousands of years of torture will go a long way.
0: (laughs) It can help. He's been sad for a lot of those years, but like not actively being <laughs> Not tortured. that he
1: didn't have bad things happen to him, but yeah, there's a there's a line.
0: <laughs> and so I think that Vasher is on the same timeline as the Heralds, but he's just earlier. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's, uh, he's looking at the Heralds okay. as like, that is what I can become. I don't know if anyone is looking at Hoyt and being like, oh, yeah, I could become that.
1: Well, yeah, everyone's looking at Hoyt thinking WTF.
0: I <laughs> know. I think that, like, we have three examples, Kelsier being the newest, Vasher being our middle point, and the Heralds being the end point of, like, this is the danger of whatever, seeking to the path of the returned. Just, like, infinite returned is not good in the Cosmere, in my
1: yeah, I think I mean, I think that's a good like philosophical take. Um, but I still agree with our previous selves on another episode of this pod and that there is potentially some relevance to the way in which uh, it's done where like, maybe the way that endowment is doing it is better for some mm-hmm. reason than whatever honor did to make the heralds like honor dude seems like you didn't do a great job on that one always throw out the first pancake
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea of Harold pancakes um <laughs> i i think that there were some experimentations like for example the bondsmiths existed for a long time before the humans showed up and there could have been more like relationships with their we'll call them like their uber spren, their, their pet spren, <laughs> uh, their sprenvatars. Uh, but like the Night Watcher for cultivation, that kind of seems like a, not Herald, obviously, but it's something. They're, they're playing around with sure. some type of power, mm-hmm. you know, giving some of themselves and their power to this thing that right, probably- to try
1: to create something outside of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: there was probably some, you know, experimentation levels going on. And the Heralds were then like, oh, we need to activate this power because we're in the middle of a war. You know, let's slapdash together all of our projects and turn it into one gigantic Frankenstein and we'll call it the (laughs) Ten Heralds. Uh, I don't feel good for the Heralds. I'm very, very sorry for all of you. Agree. But the concept that Kalak introduces about that bond keeping them alive, I think is really important because of the next thing that he says. Could you read this for us? Oh,
1: man. Yeah. He goes on to just a bunch of fascinating things. Quote, I know the truth of the Radiance, the Recreants, and the Nahal Spren. End quote. What is the truth? I, like, what?
0: Need to know. Yeah. Need to know right now. I just
1: immediately stop and I'm like, I want to know the truth about the radians. What is the truth about the Recreans? What in the world is the truth about the Nahel Spren? What? Tell me the truth.
0: <laughs> now, see, I connected directly with what he was talking about, about being bonded to each other. Like the Heralds being bonded to each other. Mm-hmm. With the some truth about the Nahel Spren, the ones that bond the humans, like bonding, bonding, that being something bad, like the oh my that's my feeling is like the heralds have a bad deal here with all of the bonding together. yeah
1: but that's because the heralds are bonded to other humans you know these fallible other humans like maybe that's the point of the nihal bond with spren is that they are bonding to a spren in order to be held to a higher standard so that there's like a non-human being there to hold them to their ideals and things like that. We know that, or, well, we've heard rumblings, and we hear a lot of rumblings about this in Rhythm of War, the fact that on Ashen they didn't have these same parameters, and it's mentioned a lot in particular around the Bondsmiths because they're so powerful, but I think it's true of any magic user whom they still refer to as a surge binder but not in the same way as they are now so magic users on ashen had powers but they were not restricted Mm. in the same way they became once they came to rashar and were like sort of reigned in first by honor and so like i wonder if that has something to do with the way that the heralds were created and constructed if honor was like okay i get it you need these great powers but i still want there to be like a check on you so i'm going to bind you all together so that you have like someone to be uh responsible for and someone to answer to
0: and then the spren either saw that and copied it or they were first and honor took that as his inspiration you know, sure. I don't know what the chicken yeah. or the egg is, but yeah. I the, think they're they related. Each other. Yeah,
1: and honor was like, okay, here's the way we can do this. Like, I'll give you these higher spren. They'll give you powers, like, so you can have the powers, but you're still gonna have this check.
0: What I am worried about is that there will be a a kind of either loophole or chain reaction type of event where The bondsmiths are great, they're super powerful, and everyone is, like, tapping into the bondsmiths to fuel their surge binding, and so more and more connections are being formed between all of them. And then if you start taking out, you know, your main sources of power, uh, the ramifications and, like, the blowback can be very... Dangerous. That's what I'm worried about. Hmm. Is like the bond is your strength, as you are pointing out, but it is also an inherent weakness, as the heralds are examples of. Like if one herald could have just held on, and and held back for four thousand years, but he wasn't connected to the other ones, then the other ones might not have been tortured, or they might not have been, you know, magically maladied. They may have just been able to go live normal lives, but because of the bond. All their weaknesses impacted all of them collectively. If one broke, they all break. It's just kind of like a you tap over the dominoes and if the dominoes are all connected, they're all gonna fall. Yeah. And so I'm worried. I'm worried about the the secret that Kalax seems to know. But then he says some things that are right up our alley for Shalon, and it seems like their paths were entangled and will continue. To remain entangled going forward uh, because his plea really at the end of his journal is seemingly also exactly what Shalon is interested in and wants to solve for her story going forward
1: quote you must release the captive unmade she will not fade as i will if you leave her as she is she will remain imprisoned for eternity please find mishram and release her not just for her own good, for the good of all Spren. For I believe that in confining her, we have caused a greater wound to Rashar than any ever realized, end quote.
0: And that's how he ends it? It's yeah. just like,
1: what? So many things in those last, like, three
0: sentences. So Ba'ido Mishrim stuck inside of a powerful gemstone, tried to lead the false desolation. When Ba'ido Mishram was captured... It severs the connection to the singers and they become the parchment. Okay. So but that's, it also, a, that's a clear wound.
1: And it also seems to have something to do with the recreants of the Spren and Knights Radiant being like, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to break our bonds for some reason. Yeah. But then because making we think that, that this will be better. Yeah, exactly.
0: To me, it seems like there are. A couple of similarities. One, we just saw in Oathbringer, Dalinar capture the thrill. And that is comparable, or we think it's comparable, as one of the unmade to Ba Edo Mishrim. So, like, do we have to release the thrill too? It would seem so if you... If one is good to be captured, the other one shouldn't be...
1: Well, I still have so many questions about the unmade because we know that there are some unmade that are more cognizant and more awake, more human-like, like Ba'ato Mishram and uh, Ja'anat. And there are some unmade that are more like mindless, right? So it's almost like a, a high higher-spren and lower-spren dichotomy where you have like wind-spren and then you have honor-spren. So... It is very interesting because Kalak is kind of echoing everything that the sibling is saying. Very similar to the sibling. In Rhythm of War, like, you know, we can't keep this aware being trapped inside of a gemstone forever. It's not right. And it's
0: not just for her own good. It's also for the good of all Spren.
1: Right. Like, what?
0: Why is it for the good of all Spren? Why
1: is it for the good of all
0: Spren? And I have to think that it has to be something with connection. Like, my... I have so many... Just crazy theories that come out of these couple of sentences. But like, what is the wound that was caused to Rashar? yeah Obviously, the singers becoming parchment. That's a wound. That's bad. But he's but then, like, saying it from the perspective of spren as yeah. well. So it's like, okay, you lost the ability to connect the singers to the spren that used to help them change forms. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And without that connection, they become parchment. I think that there's got to be something with the way that all life works on Rashar that was like broken. But it seems
1: like that would have had to have been broken before because Ba'ata Mishram is not like the OG thing that gives singers their forms. She's the hack That they start using.
0: But then the hack is, as we've talked about before, almost reflected back. It's like the thing you can identify. Mishram is now using the power of the singers. And then you just reverse attack that piece directly. And it, like, creates a cascading effect of weakening whatever used to exist for the singers. But, like, they took on the power because they wanted the hack. They wanted to have a desolation led by Ba And then that got turned and reversed on them. But, like, I think it applies to all Spren. I think it applies to everything. I think there's some reason. Okay, so here is my craziest theory, but it's connected to all of these things. If, as you said, some of the Unmade are like forces, mm-hmm. and some of them are more, you know, higher Spren, whatever you want to label them, but they're like slightly more cognizant and sapient. Yeah. What if they were all forces and the made part Mm -hmm. of the unmade is the tests that we were just talking about with the creation of the Heralds is like, think of what the Night Watcher is to cultivation. We already talked about it. It's like Mm -hmm. this little entity that she kind of grew and shared power with. What if there were other things on Richard, like the forces of the thrill. And then they started playing with those and started trying to try and like, let's bring them together like gravity. Let's try to pull this stuff all together. And it starts to become like one thing. And then mm-hmm. it, because it's collecting on Richard, it's going to develop in the cognitive realm as well. And so you're going to get all this like swirling power that becomes over enough time, if you have enough coalescing, it becomes a maid one of these forces, it becomes Ba'edo Mishrim mm-hmm. over enough time because you've like solidified an aspect of power or force that was there on Rashar. And so now all of these made creatures then get twisted by Odium. They become the unmade, as we have speculated before. And now they are like twisted versions of themselves. But what if they were like forces on Rashar that do exist? And are necessary. And so, like, yeah. by severing Ba Edo Mishrim, you, like, broke something on Rashar in the same way that in Elantris, you break the geography and you break the magic system. What if breaking yeah. Ba Edo Mishrim is, like, fundamentally snapping something off of its axle for Rashar?
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: It's a crazy theory, but I'm just, like, so interested, like, why would clack cares so much about it's the last yeah. thing that he wants anyone to know everything else was just kind of like blah 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 pause do this thing it's really really important
1: yeah especially because he was a party to her entrapping catch- her yes yeah and so it does just make you wonder when clearly bought on a was a uh an opponent that they felt so strongly like needed to be defeated and taken out of the equation that they, you know, figured out this whole way to trap her. And so it's just like what happened that's so important that like you want to release the opponent that you worked so hard to entrap.
0: I think it could have something to do with the unite them that Dalinar hears as well. First, he thinks it's about, you know, the orders of the Knights Radiant and he needs to bring them and... Ref-
1: First, he thinks it's about the High Princes.
0: Then he thinks it's about the orders of the Knights Radiant. Yeah. What if it's about the species on Rashar? Not just the humans and the singers, but also the spren. What if they're oh, all supposed to be united?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a definite possibility that Dalinar's Unite Them just continues to scale up. <laughs> yeah, just every
0: single time you have any option, it's just Unite Them, Unite that, Them,
1: yeah. Unite It them. just goes to like the Singers and the humans and then all, all of the, yeah, <laughs> the physical realm and the cognitive realm. And then it goes Cosmere-wide and it's like Unite the entire Cosmere. And then it's like Unite all of the Shards back together.
0: <laughs> that could be the route that it goes... But I certainly see it playing out so far that way. Like, <laughs> he seems to be scaling up. I could see what Kalak is saying is like, no, we we misjudged this. This was a bad call because it made us lose something that was important. Clearly, the singers had a important relationship with Spren that was severed. Maybe, and the humans, we know, can have clear, strong relationships with Spren as well, even to the point of bonding. I'm thinking in my crazy head, and for those who've seen Legend of Korra, this is kind of like what happens in the later seasons, but like the spirit world, the cognitive realm, and the physical world need to start harmonizing a little bit better.
1: That is 100% like the image that comes to my mind when I read those sentences also is just like, Did the Spren used to, like, be on physical Rishar, live in their little Spren lives, and then now they've been, like, shoved into the cognitive realm, and, like, is that what is going to change? I don't know. And then we'll just have, like, the, yeah, spirit world coming into the physical world.
0: Yeah, just, I mean, the big portals open all the time, and you can just, like, casually move in between the cognitive and physical realm. I think that would be... Very cool and also very significant to make Rashar like the way stop of the Cosmere is like maybe everyone has to travel to Rashar, uh, because of you know some cognitive travel laws of physics that we don't know. Oh, yes, but I'm just saying like <laughs> maybe it becomes that Rashar is like the middle point for people traveling because you have to go into the cognitive realm and the place you can get out of the cognitive realm. Is Rashar, and you can like refuel there, travel to a different portal, and well, then you take can off to the Well, you can do that if cosmos. you're using a shard pool. So far. But I'm talking way far in the future if there's like a full Cosmere economy that's like got highways and stuff going through. I'm imagining <laughs> okay, a wondrous Cosmere that will be here in the future someday.
1: Um, I found a really interesting word of Brandon that is sort of tangentially related to all of this that I would love to read if you don't mind.
0: Why would I mind? This is exactly what we're here for.
1: So Brandon recently did a Q&A with another Cosmere podcast, and one of them asked about uh, the gemstone holding the thrill that they toss into the ocean, and this is what Brandon had to say, quote, They... At Yasna's suggestion, which came through Hoyd, locked it in an aluminum box and threw it in the ocean. The argument for this being that anywhere they could hide it, the enemy could get to it, and an unmade would be pretty easy to find in the cognitive realm. You can't hide an unmade anywhere very easily. Aluminum's going to help a ton with doing that. So what you have to do is try to make it as inaccessible as possible. And the most inaccessible thing they could do was lock it in a in an aluminum box and throw it in the ocean. If they had kept it anywhere in the city or whatnot, then the enemy would have been able to find it very easily, even inside of an aluminum box. This method was their best guess at being able to keep it out of the enemy's hands. It's not a great solution, unfortunately. There just isn't one that they could find. As we talk about a certain other unmade who is somewhere locked in a gemstone, that might come up in the next book,
0: maybe. (laughs) End quote. So... Who's the other unmade that's trapped in a gemstone? That's Mishra. Yes. A question about this, though, is like, wait, if I really did want to get back the thrill, would it be easier to get it in the cognitive realm? Yeah, definitely. Because the ocean would become land, yeah. and it would just be like a mountain instead of really, really deep?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: So we're going mountaineering in the cognitive realm <laughs> in the next <laughs> yeah. book. That's like... First it was just like almost like it had like a tropical vibe, the images of the cognitive realm done on the cover of uh Rhythm of War. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we're going north next time and they're gonna be Parka Eno Climate Exactly. <laughs> Looking for that thrill. I don't know why anyone would need the thrill. It doesn't seem that helpful, but I do think the similarity between Ba Edo Mishram being captured in the past Kalak saying that was a bad idea and Dalinar having captured the thrill is he eventually going to come to the same conclusion like dang it we need that well and
1: I think this is just a great clue to finding the gemstone with Ba'ata Mishrom because you would think that the humans in the past would have kind of had the same thought process of like hmm what are we going to do with this gemstone now we need to hide it but like we have all of these same problems of being inaccessible and being able to find it in the cognitive realm blah 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 so like you know they probably came up with some similar solution
0: so we are going mountaineering in the cognitive realm
1: (laughs) yes book our next vacation
0: excellent it's gonna be dope Think like Switzerland, but cognitive realm Switzerland.
1: I imagine that this is a conversation that Adeline and Shallan either have having... had or will have. Yeah, they're just like, on our next vacation to the cognitive realm, what should we do, darling? They've gone a couple of times now. They're they like, have. Their
0: frequent flyer miles are really stacking up. If you <laughs> yeah, they really points. need
1: like a, a, a frequent uh, mandra pass or something so that they just can always get passage on a ship. <laughs>
0: Really, the gamification, the dignifying of the cognitive realm economy. It's coming. <laughs> Soon you will all have little Mickey Mouse. Much tickets. to the
1: chagrin of the Reacher Spren.
0: <laughs> Any final thoughts about Kalak, cognitive shadows?
1: We do have a Stormlight Archive explained badly.
0: Okay, from Randy Tang. Hit me with it.
1: Bunch of dudes got chosen to save the world, but LOL mental disorders.
0: It happens. It's it so it good. happens occasionally. <laughs> I think that this epigraph and the mysteries that Kalak has introduced are going to be one that we are constantly returning to. Yeah, I think we're gonna
1: to. come back to this a lot.
0: And just as you are going through part four, it is tough to keep these epigraphs in mind, but you gotta do it. Or you gotta come back and listen to this. Or you gotta come back, now. yeah.
1: <laughs> Next, we are going to tackle the final epigraphs from that creepy old L. Uh, And we'll talk about his katek as well.
0: As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. We have a Patreon that you can become a patron on. We are also on YouTube where there's a lot of great playlists that you can just turn on the YouTubes and listen to at your heart's content. Until next time.
1: Life before death.
0: Strength before weakness.
1: Journey before destination.